The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. CTN CIO Talk Network is brought to you by Redmain and BlackBerry. Welcome to CTN CIO Talk Network with your host, Sunjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And our topic for today is embracing emerging technologies. And our guest is Ying Chen, who is the CITO, which is Chief of IT Operations at the Texas Health and Human Services Commission. Hi, Ying. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Life could not be better. And, of course, with the topic today where we're talking about embracing emerging technologies uh, that makes me excited and also a little nervous with the way people are sometimes tackling it. So so the reason we wanted to do this topic is there's so much going on, and it, it's an exciting time for technology and business. However, when it is we are drinking from the fire hose, so much happening, so many new technologies being pitched at us and then in turn pitched to business, no one knows really what to go after, or at least you have to find a way to, to rationalize, to prioritize, and, and not feel that we are getting left behind. So, so the first question I have for you, Ying, in this area is, are there, say, top three questions one must ask, which anyone, when somebody is bringing you a new shiny toy, whether I should invest in it or not, what would those be? So I think a very first question you have to ask is, is it going to make a difference to the value-added side of your business, right? Every business goal is to make money. Will it help you make money? What will it do to improve your system in order to increase the bottom line? I think that's question number one. Question number two is, are you able to invest and are you able to reap the benefits of that investment? Um, Or maybe a better question is, when will you be able to reap the benefits of that investment and when will you be able to invest, right, and and yield. And and that of course brings into, you know, is your organization ready or not ready? And I think the third question is, right, is it disruptive? Is it an incremental value add and you just like the shiny new toy and it it it, it it's is it your passion that's talking, right? Or is it truly a disruptive thing that's gonna take your company to the next level? Right, because the worst thing you can do is invest in a marginal improvement, right, in a in a in an expensive venture into emerging technology, only to be eclipsed by a newer, better, or the next revolution of emerging technologies that would have made a greater difference to your to your organization. You know, comparing to the last decade or earlier times when we used to look at technology, we used to say, okay, let's let's everything be driven by business. And there's nothing wrong with it if you take from a conceptual standpoint and have a strategy in place and finally see 
how you can execute that strategy using technology in wherever possible. Now, when it comes to these emerging technologies and the approaches how people are taking at computing, it seems to be fundamentally disrupting our approach to how we would have even thought of a strategy, with thought of what we can potentially accomplish, because it is really taking us into those uncharted waters. And which could, in a way, also help drive the strategy. So it looks like, is it tail wagging the dog here? Or is it actually now letting technology drive it, especially in case of emerging technologies? And business taking a backseat for a second and allowing people like you to show them what different, what, what re- how you can rethink your business and what is possible. Is that the right approach? given where we are today. Absolutely. I think if you go back to the last decade, as you, as you mentioned earlier in, 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 in this discussion, I think in the last decade, you know, one of the things that we did not do well as, as an entire in, you know, IT industry, right, we did not do customer empathy well. Right. With the advent of, of D school, with the advent of, of 10X moonshots, you know, coming out of the, the valley, right? These are very strong standard, you know, Stanford um, and Google concepts, and, and they're pretty much one into the same, in my, in my view, anyhow. Um, we were really driving towards customer empathy from an IT perspective, from any design perspective, actually. And, I think in this decade, what we see is a much more of a partnership, much more of a collaboration, much more of empathy um, towards what the customer's looking for from IT. So this allows IT to take a seat at the table when determining how we do things. And I think the other side is with the advance and the rapid turn in technology uptick from IoT to, you know, our, our handsets or personal um, consumer devices, I think technology is taking really a forefront into making a difference in not only just companies and businesses, but in society. So I think business is much more ready to accept technology than they were a decade or two ago. So I think with the event and, and those two things happening in general, I think it absolutely makes sense that technology drives, right, delivery and disruption into realization of the vision of what our customers, our business units, you know, want to see. See, but I want to take it to the next level. What you still again said was it is driving the delivery. So I wanted to take it upstream and say, while we know CEOs are not going to sit and twiddle their thumbs saying that, okay, let me see what this technology delivers and let me see how I'll move my business. So yes, there will be some strategic thinking. And yes, we can say that, okay, we have seat at the table, but if our the hat that we are wearing is just plain execution and not essentially saying, you know what, this is what's coming down the pike. You are thinking, Mr. CEO, in a certain direction, but this could fundamentally be changed if this XYZ happens like you talk about artificial intelligence or something totally different, which would replace many people, the kind of way we do things, our processes, everything. But that is not, again, delivery. We are saying even what we could potentially offer to the business. So why not have IT actually not just leave that so-called delivery hat for a second and say, Mr. CEO, I'm not saying you chill and relax, we will drive it, but bring us to us to a level where allow us to give you some ideas on where to go next by first 
let's experimenting on these new technologies that are being provided. Do you think we are getting there at all, or is this being even approached in the boardroom? I, I absolutely believe that we are getting there. I think it's you know, it's, it's going to be a small percentage. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, from what I see, there's going to be a smaller percentage. But I'm going to use a strong background of mine, which is semiconductor, for an example. Right? So, absolutely, you're correct. Right? We can speed up delivery. And if we look at, you know, as far as levels go, let's say that's, that's kind of in the mid, right? You know, we at least have a seat at the table, right? We're, we're making a difference to the business in terms of delivery, right, and, and outcomes, Right? But I think to take it to the level you're at, the example that I have seen, right, that that can happen and that is happening in, in, in every industry in some way, and I think still a small percentage is, for example, right, we come and I work in a semiconductor company and I say, hey, Mr. CEO, what we're seeing in the trend in the industry is that we're going to the cloud, right, the industry is going to white box, and they're going to need this type of performance, this type of, um, you know, capacity in terms of their, their hardware and their, and, their, and their networking gear and their servers and storage and so on and so forth. Hey, we're a semiconductor company, right? We should be leveraging this market, right? We need to build chips to these specs that I'm asking for that I know are not available to be developed, right? We're in the emerging market. And, and that's a very semiconductor type example, but it's a good one to say, you know, I have seen the IT, the CIO of certain companies, right, affect the business unit's designs and offerings because of the trends in IT. So here, when you mentioned, you, you spoke about telling them about the markets, to, mm-hmm. to opening up the markets. That's one area. Another is to look at differently what the business we are in. And, and typically, that there you could pivot based on some of the emerging technologies that are coming out, not from an execution standpoint. Mm-hmm. In fact, in what you will deliver to the customer. Mm-hmm. So is, is that type of thinking uh, becoming mainstream as discussions happen within the boardroom or at water cooler among the top-level leaders and the middle people? Uh, I think it's happening at the higher level. So, you know, I've had a change in careers in the last couple of years, and now I'm at HHSC. I'm in health IT instead of semiconductor and manufacturing, right? I'm in healthcare, and I'm working in public service. I'm definitely serving and feeling very good about serving the citizens of Texas. And what we talk about here is outcomes, right, in health, long-term trend outcomes, right, um, making sure we we have healthy Texans in, in the matter of your, your social economic right situation or, or anything, and we provide that service across a lot. And there's definitely a lot of talk about predictive analytics, right? Um, not only looking past right as to what our programs here at HHSC in Texas have provided benefit to to Texans, but we also use technology right to derive outcomes based on predictive analysis, right, in some cases looking at dark data, in some cases looking at some cognitive algorithms, right, in order to get us to what do we think the best possible outcome, the best way to spend our tax dollars in order to increase those moving forward um, into the future. So I think technology will drive policies and procedures in, in government across every level, 
and and I think it's a complete different topic than semiconductor, but yet you see technology, right, really being at the forefront of making policy, procedures, offerings, if you will, any kind of outcome um, to the business. Um, obviously, public service is very different than private, but same, same idea. The intelligence, the smarts that we see in IT, the tools that we can bring to the table affect the policy and outcomes of the programs. So when you look at, uh, you know, when, when you essentially talk to many of the technology leaders, they somehow feel restless if they are not current with with the technology they have in their stack or they almost feel ashamed to tell okay this is the stack i'm running why is that i think there's a certain amount of of pride that we want to do good it versus bad it right and i think there's a there's a there's definitely a, a need to keep moving the needle, keeping pace. You can see the rapid change around us in technology all the time and things that we touch, right? iPhone's only 10 years old, right? Nobody can live with an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 5 even at this point. It's a couple of years old, right? Technology has moved so quickly, right, that it's prevalent in our lives. And I think if we're not moving at that pace, right, we greatly fear as leaders that we fall behind the curve Right. We're not as productive. We're not bringing technology to the table as best we can to affect the outcome of our, of our business, right, no matter what it is. Right? So I think there's a, there's, a, there's a need and a drive to keep current. Now, whether we need to do that across the board on everything at once is definitely not. So, so, but I think the rationale for wanting to keep current is good. It's fine. It drives us. If there's no change, there's no progress. Right? And you see a lot of technology change all around us every day, right? You know, the, the Samsung S8 just came out and, you know, people are saying it's nine, ten times better than, you know, the S6. Still only two generations old. So where are so, we in our shops moving at that pace? So let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, I'd like to stay on this topic about staying current because you can stay current and try to fix your now or prepare for the next, or combine the two. So there has to be some balance, because if you can keep you know, putting in uh, the investments in technology and saying, okay, this is disruptive and it's going to create value, at some point, business will say, okay, why are we doing this again? And you're only looking as, as a futuristic Star Trek model, or you're going to get me the most value from the investment, because any investment made needs to have some sort of an ROI. So what kind of conversations we need to have with the business in this regard and internally as leaders within technology, what kind of balance should we strike between preparing for now versus the next? Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? 
If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So we are talking about staying current and and even thinking for tomorrow. And, and all of this, of course, is a con- continuous tussle for a CXO or an IT CXO to deal with the management. In your case, uh, Ying, or maybe any others that you know of, how are they trying to strike a balance between what they invest for today and tomorrow? And while they do it, how do they manage expectation of the business who typically has all along been saying do more with less or more with nothing? So this is a great question and a very important one, Sanjo. I'm glad you asked it. So the key thing about balancing Right, and, and, and leveraging your investment is understanding what is value added and not value added in in your particular organization or in your particular shop um, in in you know in, in any manner. So when I propose something to a business um, and it's an emerging technology, right? I know that I can adopt it, but I look at out years and depending on what it is, if it's value added to my business and it's something that's absolutely necessarily front line, right? I'll propose something that's very rapidly changing. I'll set up my environment to be very rapidly changed so I can adopt new technologies, right? And make sure that, that we get return on investment, right? The cycles that, that matches the business's investment, right? So there's got to be a, it's almost like a, a planting season. We, we, we sow the seeds, we reap the harvest, right? In non-value added situations, and I wish that everything that we have in IT shops you know, it's value added, but it isn't, right? And sometimes you just got to do things in order to, to enable the business, administrative functions for the enterprise, so on and so forth, right? And make sure that we're investing appropriately on those investments, right? So there should be ROI maps that are very short and iterative that meets the business's cycle, right? Our technologies, when we say, when we're able to leverage, as in our previous discussion, right, the 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 ROI, when we can leverage the value of the emerging technology we're adopting, should meet the investment right and reward cycle of the business. What you just said, you said value added versus non-value added. How about I added the third one, which says, look at the ones which have value adding possibilities. 
and those are the 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 so-called experimentation and the sandboxing type opportunities where when you go back to the business and say you know what i cannot really promise you the moon right now but if the way i look at it and of course you give them examples but you said mm-hmm. this is where the value will be added tomorrow or you would have a competitive advantage tomorrow and you are being a clairvoyant or a, or a weatherman if you will who's going to predict the weather and you want them to be able to buy it so you do the experimentation today so you have a leap or mm-hmm. a potential for a leap tomorrow what mm-hmm. about that part i think that's inherently built into the discussion about emerging technologies right so i i have never known right enterprise architecture to have one flavor right there's to me always three enterprise architectures Right. What are we doing today? What are we doing to deal with the business today? Right. What am I going to do for you next quarter, the quarter after? What are the technologies I promised you right, in the last cycle that I need to be delivering on today? And then as I look at the business outlook, I look at technology outlook, and I adopt new technologies, I have to build a ramp to adopt it. Right. If I try to adopt technology interrupting the current revenue stream head on in a collision, that's what you're going to get. Right. So how do I maintain and drive an upper curve on the current revenue stream with the current set of technology promises right, while experimenting and proving out where I can take you tomorrow? I think that discussion is super important with business as far as that adaptation and, and what the future value add right, of, of things that are not today adding value but will be in the future. And I think any progressive um, forward-looking company, right, has this no matter what, and whether it's in IT or in their own business, right, um, units, right, it's happening in the company. So it's just a matter of IT relating to the R&D that's going on and how to map our curve to that curve, or ours being IT. And so, so on one hand, of course, we have to be having that R&D, and frankly, most companies cringe at this whole term R&D, because they don't feel, they, they, they kind of look at it as an overhead, given the fast pace and say, okay, I can keep doing the research and development on what I have in hand, but tomorrow the things change. So all of that I've done becomes a throwaway work. So that's one challenge people are grappling with. And another is to say, okay, on one hand, you look at this cutting edge stuff, but why not take care of what you already have, which is working, and why mess with it? Because as you mentioned, if there is no value added, I could be working with legacy, and we should feel proud that I got the most value anyone can ever deliver from that initial investment I made 10 years ago. So these are to- totally two different frontiers on which someone has to tackle. Where's the balance? So the balance is, again, really thinking about right what it is that we're doing and when the payoff is going to be. Right. So again, if it's non-value added, right, I'm going to go with, you know, maybe a little controversial, but ERP, in essence, is non-value added. We do it because we have to, right? We have to pay the bills, right? We have to have HCM, right? We have to have general ledger. We have to have compliance to the SOX. We have to have all these things, and, and the ERP helps us, right? If we didn't have to do all that, right, every company would be investing 100% in their business units and way more higher in R&D, Right. But even if we look and we say, hey, we want, we want to get a ERP system in, they're big, they're monolithic, they're expensive, right? My past experience with SAP and, and, and PeopleSoft and Oracle Financials all are very expensive, right? Very long-term roadmap-looking things. But even then, if you don't keep current at a slower pace, maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years, 
right? If I don't keep pace, though, I will fall behind, and, and that will become a disruptor in the wrong direction for a company. On the newer technologies that are going to move the business units, what we call value-added, right, help the company make money, right, a non-SG, <clears throat> excuse me, a non-SG&A function, right, I want to invest in quicker cycles. Again, I want to match the product cycles of the company, which typically nowadays, if you're in technology, it's, it's, it's probably 18 months to 24 months, right, a new cycle begins on, on technology and product development, right, and you probably have multiple overlapping cycles, so the, the fallouts are pretty quick. Right, so on that, I want my adoption rate to be super quick. So I gear my organization to do that. Right, I don't, I don't, I not only look at emerging technologies, right, in terms of ability to deliver more, like predictive analysis, and, and you know, and, and and so on and so forth, but I also look at emerging technology to allow my ID team to deliver quicker. Right, Con- uh, hyperconvergence, containerization, right, of all the promises of keeping up to the speed of agile development. Right, having one part of your organization along super fast um, technology adoption, but my hardware side can't keep up doesn't help. So I have to make sure that it all can adopt. Right, it moves at a certain pace. Right, and we keep up with it, and then separate that from the longer burns that we want to get on our ROI. Things that don't need a quick turn, that don't need the rapid investment. Right, making sure we we keep those both streams going. Right, and not ignore the other. The problem is when you focus on one and ignore the other. Here, whatever you mentioned in terms of whether preserving IT investments or going the now and the next, where do you see a typical um, gap between how you're thinking versus your business leaders are thinking? Because you could try to be a pipe piper, but they may not always follow you. I think the gap is going to be when IT, when I myself, do not do a good job with the customer empathy Right, and I'm pipe piping something that does not make sense to the business. Right, it doesn't solve their problem. They just see it as a technology for technology's sake. We see that with um, PCs. We see that with um, you know with tablets now in the market. Right, that hey, I don't need another one. This one is good enough. Right, this was really cool three, four, five years ago. Right, it doesn't solve any more problems for me to buy a new one. Right, we see that. Um, in our in our everyday lives, and I think you see it in business, right? So you have to really be empathetic to what their needs are, what they really see as the next breakthrough when your current breakthrough expires, right? And and what and really keeping pace in what they're thinking is going to be value added to the company, to their business unit, to their needs. Otherwise, it's just me, you know, telling you you need the next iPad or the next, you know, whatever else, right? Because it is cool technology, but it's marginal for the business. That makes sense. Definitely it does. And um, so when you when you are looking at the roadblocks, so so you know that one is, you know, like you talking to the management, getting them to agree to your approach on how you want to build this portfolio, if you will, of technologies which will support the business. Now, while all of that is going on, there is some inertia at mid-management, at your business unit leader, someone who's going to, in one way or the other, influence when this will actually come to fruition. Mm-hmm. What essentially are the kind of preparatory work you should do before you go and make, make a big case in front of management, making sure that, okay, even if you get the buy-in, then you're not stuck in execution. Because your, your success is going to be not measured that you got them to give you the money, but actually to put that in place. Absolutely. And I think, I think there's an... A follow-on measure of that success 
right, would be that, you know, what you put in place actually did what it is, and that's a joint ownership between the IT and the, and the business unit. But I think the key thing is really making sure that you, your organization, in my case, my organization, can adopt, right, and move at the speed of business, right? When I make a promise, right, it may be two cycles out, even though the business needed it at one cycle. I am not ready to absorb that technology, right? It's one thing to say I, I'm doing agile, right? It's a whole different thing to say that I'm a full-on agile DevOps shop, right, that can keep pace at the business. And then secondly is make sure we don't oversell and over-deliver, right? I'm not sure 100% of the shops out there today need DevOps, right? I need continuous delivery. I need... Um, changes every time a consumer comes on my website. I think really you have to match the speed of your business and what your business needs are and say, hey, maybe just having agile and continuous delivery so our, our efficiencies are high is good enough. I don't need true DevOps where I'm, I'm, I'm dropping stuff and it's live the next day on, the, you know, on, on, on our website or on our, on our application. Right? So map it to the speed of the business. Make sure that your team is culturally Right, from a from a software delivery standpoint, from a hardware support standpoint, from a quality and security standpoint, can match the speed. Right, so the last thing you want is you want to check off all those boxes, but we ignored either quality or security, right, and pay that price heavily. You know, either in in comebacks, right, or or poor service, or you know, um, you know, having forbid a, a breach or or some sort of security issue. So, you know, there's so much more to factor in, right, as technology becomes. It's more than quality, and now it's security. And, you know, that you have to make sure that your team is geared to actually deliver and support, right, and match it to the speed of business. And it could include going a little slower and skipping a cycle to be good, right, rather than fast. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And I'm going to pick up on that matching the speed. Now, that's where taking a contrarian view why should I match to the speed of business today? Because they're not the ones who either are aware or are as enthusiastic about accelerating. Whereas you know that if you put these disruptive technologies, emerging technologies, as the, as the way to have them rethink the speed they can go at, then that's when you will pull them along versus trying to push them from behind. What would you do to make this happen where you're not matching their speed, but let them match to the speed you can take them to. Please stay listeners, uh, tune listeners. Uh, we'll be right back and we'll talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. 
Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, um, here, Ying, the, the whole idea about matching the speed it would be almost like, well, well, you know what? There is a saying that if you're going to want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go uh, farther, take other people along. In this context, though, many people, if you want to try to pull them or push them to, to come along, it's going to slow down the otherwise uh, better potential that you may have if you were to uh, make them rethink what's possible. So why match the speed with them? Yes, you have to eventually somehow get them to come to your speed, but it cannot be just us waiting for them to move at their snail pace. So that's their comfort zone. Well, I would challenge that, right? Speed for the sake of speed, right, doesn't do anything. Again, let's go back to the goal, right? The goal is to make money, right? When I can speed up a business, but the business now has distribution channels, they have marketing channels, they have, you know, you could be in a very um, uh, citrical business, right? You have seasons, you have um, all kinds of stuff, right, that are in the way that that's really the business unit to drive, right? IT can do so much. We can offer to go two or X times um, faster to money, right, to the business. And I, I promise you that, you know, any business unit that sees a method to, you know, that are, that are going to accelerate time to money, right, they're going to take it. But we have to move at the speed they're able to move in order to realize that money, right? If we flood a distribution channel and they can't lose it, right, then, then you know, they just end up holding the inventory, right? The market only has a certain amount of consumption rate for your products, so you have to go with that. You know, we all want to be the enviable position of everything we produce is already sold, right? But that's typically only one or two or maybe even if you're really, really lucky, right, maybe 10% of your portfolio, right, as a company. So I think matching to the speed of business and, and we really are empathetic and we are really aligned with the business and, and the way we think is, is aligned. You know, we're, we're like-minded with the business, right, I think that's where you have to match the speed of business. Now, you can have an outlier case where you can obviously see that, that IT, right, is moving faster than the business, right? Then I think, again, and if business not responding, right, I don't think the way to solve that is to shove it down their throat. It's, again, right, there's more relationship, there's more understanding of technology that needs to be had with business, and there's more outreach that we need to do as IT. 
And then when it comes to organizational readiness, do you think anyone is ever ready to accept what you do or you essentially pilot it, do uh, an isolated uh, proof of concept, if you will, and then show it to them and then nudge and push them so that it truly gets adopted wherever it's supposed to. Now, while you're doing it, how much time do you have given the speed at which the emerging technologies even change and become irrelevant so that you, you, you experiment, show it to some people, get it adopted wherever you are before that the technology that you were trying to adopt doesn't morph itself? What's the, the, what's the time capsule you're living in for one emerging technology to the next to to its own next iteration. So I would say simply that it's a funnel, right? We have great emerging technologies. Maybe there's ten or fifteen that we're looking at that can take disruptively take our business to the next level. Right? And let's say our horizon is is really, you know, realistically, you know, you know, let's say it's five years for enterprise wide adoption. Right. If I envision five years as enterprise-wide adoption, right, I have to keep the business going day to day. Right. So my investment is going to be how do I whittle the funnel down to ten emerging technologies, right, or ten options within a couple of emerging technologies down to actually making it. And I think you have to look at your roadmap in that sense of, you know, truly when are we ready to go enterprise-wide? Because if it's not disruptive, it's not going enterprise-wide. Right. Then you know, why do it, right? Back to, you know, earlier discussion. Why not milk out the current technology until we hit that, right? Truly disruptive technology, right? R&D, we talked about earlier. Again, that has to happen all the time, right? And it's a large funnel, right? Just like we do any strategic planning, right? It's the typical funnel, right? So we do quick rounds to design experiment and eliminate, right? Or look at the potential and say, not ready today, ready in six months, Technology is not ready. We're not ready. Whatever it is, we plot out our roadmap to when we're going to capitalize right, on those emerging technologies, again, matching the speed of business. Right? So as long as you're taking an approach right, that you're funneling down emerging technologies, you're wielding out, and your goal is to be disruptive, right? marginal movements is not worth right, jumping onto a bandwagon of bleeding and cutting-edge technology. Right? I absolutely promise you that a, a mature well-run um, implementation, right, is going to, if there's no big disruptive benefit, right, it's going to be a better payoff until that disruption hits, right? Matching so what you, is, what you, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, what you mentioned about this, this, the response that you gave was very, uh, very articulate when it comes to, uh, you know, looking at a portfolio, trying to rationalize as you use the word funnel, right? Mm-hmm. But with, say, suppose you picked up a, uh, a candidate, that candidate technology which you want to embrace. Mm-hmm. But even if you look at, like you mentioned about Samsung's A6 versus 8 versus anything else, mm-hmm. that one technology that you pick today, and by the time you're done with sandboxing and trying to get people to adopt a certain, that it works in a certain way, that technology itself morphs to something else because they're evolving too. Mm-hmm. So if you took one candidate, how do you prevent something which becomes a moving target where you're trying to setting and resetting expectation for the people you want to see adopting that technology. So, so, so what, what essentially say, suppose one technology is identified, you go with it, but do you kind of maintain 
it at the same level till it gets fully adopted and then upgrade or you essentially say okay this technology will keep adopting like if you had samsung 6 was mm-hmm. a corporate standard would you suddenly say okay 8 has come so let's go to 8 and then 8 moves to something else because you have to do security testing and everything else mm-hmm. how do you how do you how do you kind of block any subsequent technology evolution of that one technology evolution to to try tempting you and other people who start demanding to say hey why are we not using that latest version of the same technology you in, in the initial t- stages pitched to us mm-hmm. hope you're getting my question I do, and and I think again, right? It's going back to the disruption that you're envisioning, right? And and when you think you're going to really reap the benefit of that technology, so I'll use an example of containerization and hyperconvergence, right? Great promise in those technologies, right? We are going to we're going to experiment with those. We're going to do POCs. We're going to keep up with how that technology is moving, right? We're going to keep moving with the business. Right, in order to line up when that technology comes needs to come to fruition, right, and we got to make the promises, right. We don't at HHSC in Texas or any other company, you know, that's consuming these, do not build, right. These are emerging, so we have to trend, we have to keep track, right. We have to go along with the promise. If it doesn't live up, right, we have to jump off the boat and go to something else. Again, that's the funneling process, right. So even with containerization. Right and hyperconvergence. Right, the promise there is that I can spin up any any environment that I need. Right, within 20 minutes and get going on my project. So just imagine having that promise in any shop. Right, I come out of the boardroom meeting. Right, we want to build a new product. Right, on Java, on on whatever. Right, and I need to set up a whole infrastructure. Right, to go do that. Right. I can literally go and get on my computer, right, and configure a complete environment within 20 minutes. That's a heck of a promise, right? We're away from that, but it's happening. Containerization is happening. Hyperconvergence is happening, right? So we go out, we look at all of the vendors that are, you know, viable in that space, right? And we engage them. We talk partnership. We don't talk about commodity, right, type relationships. Right, we want to drive them to be better. We invest in them during their experiments. They invest in us, right? And we get to a partnership to get where we go. In the meantime, right, we're monitoring the progress of the technology. We're monitoring the business needs, right, and keeping cadence. And I think that's how you do it. And you can say this version is not ready. There's not enough benefit to get us to the goal, right? So here's the next one. All right, we're going to skip it. And the next one comes. We tested it. Hey, it does do what we need. Let's jump. Right, it moves the needle. It moves us towards our goal, right, which is to reach that disruption. So I think it, you have to look at that in that way. So when you're talking about the emerging technologies, uh, a natural pushback comes from people because it seems like almost every emerging technology that we are using, in some way, is automating things mm-hmm. and rendering the need for a human intervention to the minimum. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's concerning people because we started out as a community and I'm, I might shift gears here to 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 give people jobs to be able to do some meaningful work in the process feed their families and moving forward and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with progress even if it comes to technology how are you on one hand dealing with that untold fear 
which could also be a you know could be causing the roadblocks for you someone to embrace the new technologies but on the other hand explain to people that it's going to help them is there a good rationale for us going after all technologies which will move the business forward but take some families down i think if if that is the the, the true model, and I think that's a true algorithm, right? Then, then we would have, as a, as a civilization, as a as a species, right, ran into trouble, you know, years ago, right? You know, starting with the agricultural revolution, right, way before the industrial revolution. I think, I think automation has been happening for a long time. I think the total net unit of work still exists, right? So, for example, with HHS. You know, I can say we want to get out of running data centers. We want to go to state-run data centers, right? That's the, in Texas, that is the, the, the Department of Information Resources' goal in life to provide centralized infrastructure, um, you know, data centers for the entire state of Texas, right? As a legacy, we still at HHSC have data centers. We're aggressively trying to move out because there's no value added for us. But if we look at the state as a net unit, right, Servers still physically exist, right? Maybe the configuration's different, maybe the brand's different, and maybe the architecture's different, but the need to have the serving, the compute power is still there. The hardware still needs to exist. It still needs to be maintained. My consumption of units of computing power doesn't change. In fact, it grows, right? So I'm just merely shifting, right, the work from one bucket to the other. Now, when it comes to efficiency, of course, when we consolidate, we can gain efficiency, but I don't think that automatically necessarily means there's less jobs, right? I think the demand continues to grow. The more efficient you are, I think the backlog for compute power is still there, right? So we just shrink the backlog, right? In fact, I think having centralized, having moved to that model actually grows the need for more personnel. Um, you know, requirements that we have to be a 7 by 24 by 365 shop now becomes the state's requirement to be a 7 by 24 by 365 shop in the consolidated data centers. So I think the work is shifting, right? I don't think this work goes away. And I think if that was true, right, we never would have survived the, um, the, the agricultural revolution. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, when we come back, uh, we should talk about the companies which are in a survival mode. And I, I'd say that, you know, coming back from the, the, the meltdown that we saw, say, almost like nine years ago, we are on that growth path. It looks like there's an uptick in the marketplace. People, uh, the organizations uh, are growing. But still, there could be ups and downs in any business. Would you say that emerging technologies definitely, in some cases, have the potential to pull someone out of the red and position them for growth. If those organizations are trying to, uh, are in that position, how can a technology leader make a case for going after those, uh, you know, uh, futuristic technologies or some things which provide the potential and could potentially move the needle for that organization, especially when management is scrutinizing every penny spent? Because that would be the job of a CIO to sell or to have the management buy, to pull out of already scarce resources. How do we do it? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. The 
the business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, uh, when we are looking at this whole idea of using emerging technologies, uh, it may not be the, the, the first thing or the top of mind for organizations, their management, and even the CIO in many cases, uh, when, when they are in the red or they are going through a downturn. And it always happens in all, all organizations. So when in such cases, disruptive technology has the potential to pull them out of the red, what can be done by the technology leader or anyone else involved to make a case for it, especially when you're watching every penny? And not only stop there, but also see if that could also mean if I could put emerging technology something specific, then it could prevent going back into such holes. Can we truly make that claim? Absolutely. I think if we look at the situation, right, and let's, let's think about it for a second, right, when a company is in the red and they are in trouble, right, what are the levers they're pulling to get themselves out, right? Looking at future markets three, five years down the road, so on and so forth, right? That's, that's not going to be what they're looking at. It's going to be cost control, right? It's going to be efficiency, right, of every dollar spent, right? And probably more than likely repairing customer relationships, right? So introduction of technology that can accelerate that, right, is vital, I think, to the survival of a company that is in the red. So let's look at those one by one. All right, let's start with cost control, right? Automation, we know, is number one, right? So if you have an archaic ERP system or, or whatever it is, right, um, it's time to bring automation in and say, hey, this is how we can help cut the bottom dollar. If it takes 15 people, right, to process an accounts payable, right, or accounts receivable, and it takes 30 days, 
right? If automation can come in and you can bring in a point tool, right? Let's not fool ourselves here, right? We're not going to do a full rollout of SAP to save a company, right? First of all, that's, you know, $30, $50 million and then, you know, two years, right? If you can bring in a point thing to really solve some point issues, right, that really increases the velocity of a process, right, or reduce the cost of a process, right, I think there's a huge opportunity to bring in those point solutions, right? It's not disruptive in the same view as disrupting um, future business, but it's disrupting, right, the inefficiencies of your company, right? And I think that's almost universally, if you look at companies who've gotten in trouble and come out, right, they have a very strong footprint in BPI and a, and a very strong footprint in automation, right? Very few companies hire more people, right, to do back office stuff to uplift them out of a bread, Right. No, no, totally. And, 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 you know, to that end, when you're talking about getting these type of organizations to get out of the red and perhaps stay in black, leveraging technologies. Now, let's go back to the everyone, any and everyone who's trying to go in this direction, right? Anyone who's trying to go in this direction, how can you make sure that while you are going in this new direction, you do not introduce risk because there's enough risk already. Security risk, other types of risks are going into uncharted territories. I think that's purely how well you execute, right? Again, you know, back to our previous discussions, right? Quality, security, all those things are part of what we do today, right? One of the things that, that companies, good companies do in downturns, right, is to prepare themselves to come out strong in the upturn. Right. That doesn't mean going and, and buying a bunch of stuff, right? Most because there's there's a downturn. There's not money. Right. Almost every instance of that you see is that companies, right, hold, take their excess capacity that they have at the point of the downturn, right, and fix, streamline, automate their processes, right, build its strengths and the processes they need to do to explode out. And that's no different, right, as we're executing that with emerging technologies in IT. We can't be foolhardy to bring in things that's going to make our system insecure, but it gives us some efficiency or some automation, right? The automation efficiencies we bring in has to be on some sort of futuristic roadmap, right? As CIOs, we have to look out five, 10 years. So when we come up with a red in 18 months or, or 24 months or 12 months, you know, whatever the plan is, right, you're left with a cohesive strategy that you springboard off of, right? If you're successful and we win, Right, we springboard that energy and we take that momentum and we now move it to disruptive um, emerging technologies right, for the future of the business. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you, Ying, for taking the time to share your insights and experiences on how you've tried to embrace the emerging technologies and how other leaders who are essentially faced with a barrage of different technologies coming their way, how they rationalize, prioritize set their organizations or make them make it ready to adopt and also get their management to recognize that this could turn the, the needle for the business and thus get it adopted effectively. Thank you so much. No, thank you, sir. It's been a great day. Thanks. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, that is CIO Talk Network, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Join our LinkedIn community. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless.
Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.